0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza Christina, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for TikTok and Instagram, The Gratitude Chick 2, that's T-O-O for Facebook, and join my Facebook group, The Magic of Gratitude. Start your gratitude journey today with 21 Days of Thankfulness available now on Amazon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your Reading Corner with The Gratitude Chick. So we are um, reading the Book of Enoch, And where we left off in episode one, we learned about the Watchers, who they were, how they came down um, from heaven, and they decided to take wives of the children of men. Um, They birthed, uh, excuse me, not them, but the women birthed giants in the land, and we learned that the giants were over 500 feet tall, right? And we left off with um, Enoch giving, um, you know, about to give them basically their punishment or, um, you know, I guess their chastisement for what they did because it was a sin. And, you know, before I said that I didn't know if their sins were like our sins as far as thou shalt not, you know. But we learned that, yes, they are still bound by, like, not, when I say bound by sin, not bound by sin, but um, whatever covenant or laws that they have in heaven, they have their set. And if they go past that, the word of God, then it is sent to them the same way it is sent to us. So whatever covenant or law that God gave them about their duties as watchers with regards to the children of men, um, they violated that by having sex with these women. And again, my own my own opinion is that they didn't necessarily take them as wives, as um, you know, marrying before God, simply because they wanted to hide their actions from God. So I think they just literally said wives, as in <clears throat> back in those days they you know, got married, you know, the children of men got married before God. So um, marriage was much more prevalent back then than it is today, I would say. Um, So as a result, I think that's the reason why they said they were going to take wives, meaning they were going to take these women as their own and have relations with them. So that's just my own opinion, though. So we're going to pick back up here on chapter 13. And again, the, the, version I, the version that I'm reading, it's not like a King James version. So, um, <laughs> you know, like there are so many versions of the Bible. It's not like that because each version of the Bible, the Bible corresponds to one another as far as book and verse goes. But I have seen other versions of the book of Enoch broken up different, you know, in different ways. <clears throat> part one, part two, part three, part four. And this one is just chapters. So, and um, I want to say it does have a part one, but this part one is called Watchers. And I've seen other part ones and part twos and chapters and stuff that are different. So that's why I'm saying um, if you get the Book of Enoch, it may not be, the words will be the same, but it may not follow the same chapters as mine does. So just wanted to say that. So chapter 13, then Enoch passing on said to Azazel, and you know, he was like the chief of the fallen angels. You shall not obtain peace. A great sentence is gone forth against you. He shall bind you. He, sorry, he shall bind you. Neither shall relief, mercy, and supplication be yours on account of the oppression, which you have taught. Now, if you remember from the first episode um God assigned all the sin from the children of men at this time to him to Azaziel because he taught them um all of these sins you know uh, all of them taught them different things but Azaziel taught them how um you know the war and everything against one another you know so He put all the sins or placed all the the faults of the sins on Azazio. Just a reminder, reminder. And on account of every act of blasphemy, tyranny, and sin, which you have discovered to the children of men, then departing from him, I spoke to them all together. This is Enoch speaking. And they all became terrified and trembled beseeching me to write for them a memorial of supplication that they might obtain forgiveness and that they and that I might make the memorial of their prayer ascend up before the God of heaven because they could not themselves thenceforward address him nor raise up their eyes to heaven on account of the disgraceful offence for which they were judged so the watchers were <clears throat> set on earth to be kind of in the intercessors between God and man right It was their job to watch us and, you know, make sure everything is copacetic and take, you know, supplication to God. Well, here, what we are reading is that Enoch is saying that because of their sins, they have been cut off from God. And they are beseeching Enoch to now be the intercessor between the watchers, which are the angels, uh, between the angels and God. Is that not crazy? That is crazy to me. Then I wrote, again this is Enoch, Then I wrote a memorial of their prayer and supplications for their spirits, for everything which they had done, and for the subject of their entreaty, that they might obtain remission and rest. Proceeding on, I continued over the waters of Dambadan, which is on the right to the west of Armon, reading the memorial of their prayer until I fell asleep. And behold a dream came to me and visions appeared above me. I fell down and saw a vision of punishment that I might relate it to the sons of heaven and reprove them. When I awoke I went to them all being collected together stood weeping in Abu wait, abel Ciel? Sorry, Abel, Abelsiel. Which is situated between Lebanos and Senyezer, Sine- and they had their faces veiled. So Lebanos and Senesor are Lebanon and Sinyar near Damascus, that's where it's related. Okay, so related in their presence, all the visions which I had seen and my dream, and began to utter these words of righteousness, reproving the watchers of heaven. And again, the watchers are the angels chapter 14. This is the book of the words of righteousness and of the reproof of the watchers who belong to the world. According to that which he who is holy and great commanded in the vision, I perceived in my dream that I was now speaking with a tongue of flesh and with my breath, which the mighty one has put into the mouth of men that they might converse with it and understand with the heart. As he had created and given to men the power of comprehending the word of understanding, so has he created and given to me the power of reproving the watchers, the offspring of heaven. That's deep. He has given him the power as he gave us the power of understanding. He gave Enoch the power to reprove these angels, the watchers, who are the offspring of heaven. That is deep to me. I have written your petition, and in my vision, it has been shown me that what you request will not be granted you as long as the world endures. Wow. Judgment has been passed upon you. Your request will not be granted you. From this time forward, neither, uh, never shall you ascend into heaven. He has said that on on the earth, he will bind you as long as the world endures. So they have been cut off from heaven. They have been kicked out. You cannot return. You have created this. You have committed this grievous sin in in the face of the Lord. And he's done with you. And that's literally what he did. And, you know, when when I was reading it before, when I first heard it, Um, was on tiktok and a lot of people were just like oh he just cut him off like that it's not just like that look what they did to the world he literally they destroyed the world that he created men would not have gotten so evil had they not done what they did they created giants that were over 500 feet tall that destroyed the world they the giants start eating the children of men you know what I mean? They taught them witchcraft and sorcery that they never should have known. They taught them the the angels taught them secrets of the heavens that they never should have known. Secrets of how to manipulate the sky, the clouds and things like that. They never should have known these things. So, it's not that oh they did one little thing. It wasn't one little thing. It wasn't even one big thing. They destroyed men. When their their entire reason for being on earth was to watch us and ensure that we were living good. And they decided to destroy us instead. So I wanted just to say that because when I read those comments, I was very flabbergasted that they could reduce what they did to these people to the first humans on earth. They could reduce that to, oh, just this little bit. When it was not. So I just wanted to say that. But before these things you shall behold the destruction of your beloved sons. You shall not possess them but they shall fall before you by the sword. Neither shall you entreat for them nor for yourselves. Basically he's saying um, that they are going to watch their sons, these giants that were created, die in front of them. And you cannot... You know pray for them nor can you pray for yourselves a vision thus appeared to me behold in that vision clouds and a mist invited me agitated stars and flashes of lightning impelled and pressed me forward while winds in the vision assisted my flight accelerating my progress they elevated me aloft to heaven I proceeded until I arrived at a wall built with stones and, I'm sorry, built with stones of crystal, a vibrating flame. Into this vibrating flame I entered and drew nigh to a spacious habitation built into, I'm sorry, built also with stones of crystal. Its walls too, as well as pavement, were were formed with stones of crystal and crystal likewise was the ground. Its roof had the appearance of agitated stars and flashes of lightning, and among them were cherubim of fire in a stormy sky. A flame burned around its walls, and its portal, 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 you guys hear that word, portal, blazed with fire. When I entered into this dwelling, it was hot as fire and cold as ice. No trace of delight or of life was there terror overwhelmed me and a fearful shaking seized me violently agitated and trembling i fell upon my face in the vision i looked and behold there was another habitation more spacious than the former every entrance to which was open before me erected in the midst of a vibrating flame so greatly did it excel in all points in glory in magnificence and in magnitude that it is impossible to describe to you either the splendor or the extent of it. Its floors was on fire, above above were lightnings and agitated stars, while its roof exhibited a blazing fire. Attentively I surveyed it and saw that it contained an exalted throne, the appearance of which was like that of frost, while its circumference resembled the orb of the brilliant sun, and there was the voice of the cherubim. From underneath its mighty throne, rivers of flame, a flaming fire issued. To look upon it was impossible. One great in glory sat upon it, whose robe was brighter than the sun and whiter than snow. No angel was capable of penetrating to view the face of him the glorious and the effulgent, nor could any mortal behold him. A fire was flaming around him. Fire also of great extent continued to rise up before him so that not one of those who surrounded him was capable of approaching him among the myriads of myriads who were before him. To him, holy consultation was needless. Yet did not the sanctified who were near him depart far from him either by night or by day nor were they removed from him i also was so far advanced with a veil on my face and trembling then the lord with his own mouth called me saying approach hither enoch at my holy word and he raised me up making me draw near even to the entrance my eyes was directed to the ground that is a very deep description of what he saw when he saw, and I'm putting quotations around, saw God. Because he said he couldn't look at it. And he said nor, no mortal could look at it. Even the angels had to sh- were like shying away. And, you know, I have read about... You know, kind of the flames and stuff that surround I never read it in this kind of detail, but I often like sometimes I look up in the heavens and you know sometimes you can see like a circle of like what kind of looks like fire, and I often wonder what that was, and I still wonder if that's it you know if we could even if my even my naked eye could see something like see God's brilliance just that far away I don't know it could be a trick of the eye but I often you know wonder what it was that I was seeing when I look up and see like the circle that looks like fire so and it always surrounded the moon sometimes I would look up and it would surround the sun or something like that so I don't know if anybody else has ever seen that before but I have often so chapter 15 then addressing me he spoke and said here neither be afraid Oh, righteous Enoch, you scribe of righteousness, approach hither and hear my voice. Go say to the watchers of heaven who have sent you to pray for them, you ought to pray for men and not men for you. So this is God telling him to not only approach him, that is deep, okay? Because I'm afraid of you. (laughs) So, you know, and then he's telling him to go tell the watchers, like he's saying, I know why you're here, you know? I'm God, I see everything, so I know why you're here. So go tell these, these watchers, these angels, and remind them that they are supposed to be praying for you, not you for them. That's deep. Wherefore have you forsaken the lofty and holy heaven which endures forever ever, and have lain with women, have defiled yourselves with the daughters of men, have taken to yourselves wives, have acted like the sons of the earth, and have begotten an impious offspring? You being spiritual, holy and possessing a life which is eternal, have polluted yourselves with women, have begotten in carnal blood, have lusted in the blood of men and have done as those who are flesh and blood do. And I do want to stop here and say um, before when when they were when they were uh, when Enoch was saying, you know, forever to Azaziel, this is going to be your punishment forever and i was thinking about that word forever cuz i have it has always been like a source of contention with me because i my finite mind cannot behold infinite things so when i think of forever forever it causes me anxiety because we have an end you know there is a a, a birth date and a death date here on earth so i can't behold forever and what that would actually be like so when he said that this verse really um brought it to me because what he's saying is that he said in verse three you being spiritual holy and possessing a life which is eternal that is why they said forever because angels are eternal beings which means they don't have a death date so their punishments will be forever is that not i can't even say it's crazy or insane because that's that's blasphemy to me to even say or think that but in my finite mind I can't even behold it so I just wow okay anyway that's just I forgive me I just that was just tripping over in my head okay these however okay and he's saying right now these however die in Paris, talking about us and again it further proves the point that I just made therefore have i given to them wives that they might cohabit cohabit with them that sons might be born of them and that this might be transacted upon earth now when the way that i was raised in the church was in the belief that in the beginning not in the beginning was the word not that beginning but in the beginning of man adam and eve we were made to be eternal but sin when Adam ate the fruit, not when Eve ate the fruit, because Adam was the prince of the world. So when Adam ate the fruit, is that is when sin came into the world. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. So at that moment, we went from immortal to mortal. And when I say immortal, I am not speaking of a magical being. So let's, let's take that out. Um, for some reason, you know, that has... Become like a magic term, but I'm speaking in terms of life and death. That's what I'm that's that's the only reason why I say it that way. So, or let's just use God's phrase eternal and more immortal. So, we went from eternal to mortal at that moment. So, I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like um, we would have been eternal beings had it not been for sin entering the world because the wages of sin is death. Okay. Verse five. Therefore have I given to them wives that they might cohabit with them, that sons might be born of them and that this might be transacted upon earth. But you from the beginning were made spiritual, possessing a life which is eternal and not subject to death forever. Therefore I made not wives for you because being spiritual, your dwelling is in heaven. That's deep. So because we're on earth, he gave us to men so that, I guess, to be a help. Well, the Bible does say to be a helpmate and so that they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't sojourn by themselves, but because they were made spiritual in heaven, they didn't need wives. That's deep. Now, the giants who have been born of spirit and of flesh shall be called upon earth evil spirits and on earth shall be their habitation evil spirits shall proceed from their flesh because they were created from above from the holy watchers was their beginning and primary foundation evil spirits shall they be upon earth and the spirits of the wicked shall they be called so when people say that they feel these evil spirits where you think they're from Mm, that's deep The habitation of the spirits of heaven shall be in heaven, but upon earth shall be the habitation of terrestrial spirits who are born on earth. So in reading this book, it has really opened my mind to the things that religion closed my mind to. And, you know, I was staunch. I was a staunch advocate against spirits and um, ghosts and things like that, because I felt like, you know, the Bible tells us when you die, the the spirit goes back to God who gave it. This book gets so much in, you know, in depth, in detail on what happens with those spirits. And I have, it literally has changed my mind. And, you know, some christians you know especially denominational christians they don't believe that the book of enoch is is should have been part of the bible but these are people that believe that the bible has never been tampered with and they believe that the bible is the bible like this is it even though they're the the bible's literally versions of itself that people have added and taken away and there's a clue in Revelation that lets us know that it it, it is possible because Revelation tells us t- that no one should add or take away from this book, yet it has been done. And also, I want to say in Timothy, it says that the Bible is subject to man's own interpretation. So what we have in the King James Version and the New International Version and all of these versions is man's interpretation of writings of old. And this is something that was that I just realized within the past year that this King James version is King James's version of the Torah and whatever else the books are named from the original books that were written. This is not necessarily The book that God inspired these men to write that we have right now sitting in the King James Version. And that is hard to hear. It is hard for me to hear because I've been a Christian all my life and I have been a staunch believer in the Bible. But this Bible, this book of Enoch, has blasted that from me just simply because. I believe wholeheartedly that this book should have been included. And at one point it was included in the collation of the Bible. But because to me, my opinion, so much is revealed in the book of Enoch, they took it out. The book of Enoch ties together the thoughts of the Bible. It does. The things that are missing in Genesis are here in the book of Enoch. You know, where you get the Nephilim, like there are these tiny scriptures that point to these things that we don't we don't understand. They're here in the book of Enoch. So I don't I am very I believe wholeheartedly that this book should have been a part of what the 66 books of the Bible. This should have been the sixty seventh book like this book should it should be Genesis, Enoch, Exodus. (laughs) <laughs> that like that's how it should have been. So, I feel like cuz I know it's a lot of Christians that listen to me and I'm going to I I'm going to say this. This is my own conviction. I am going to counsel you to take it to the Lord in prayer. Because this is not something that I can say you, you know, anything for you. This is my own conviction. And I believe wholeheartedly that this is a book of the Bible and it should have been. So I'm going to keep con- continue reading. The spirits of the giants shall be like clouds which shall oppress, corrupt, fall, content, and bruise upon earth. If you hear me take a long pause, it's because the book has like footnotes. And I'm trying to see if I should read the footnotes to you or just keep, you know, going. So I'm gonna keep going they shall cause lamentation no food shall they eat and they shall be thirsty they shall be concealed and shall not rise up against the sons of men and against women for they come forth during the days of slaughter and destruction so listen to this listen let's let's read that back they shall cause no, ca- they shall cause lamentation okay no food shall they eat and they shall be thirsty they shall be concealed Now, this right here is key. That means that we cannot see them. They are here, but we can't see them. But they shall not rise up against the sons of men, which are us, and against women, which are us. For they come forth during the days of slaughter and destruction. So what this is telling me is that these giants, these spirits, they are here now. And they are the ones, in my opinion, that ca- that are causing so much destruction on earth. The things, especially now, that we are seeing the, tr- the drying up of the Euphrates and things like that. Whew. Listen. Okay, chapter 16. And at the death of the giants, wheresoever their spirits depart from their bodies, let their flesh, that which is perishable, be without judgment thus shall they perish until the day of the great consummation of the great world a a destruction shall take place of the watchers and the impious now the impious are referring to the giants so basically the day of the great consummation my assumption is going to be uh, that it is referring to the day of judgment so as far as i believe we have not obviously we have not come to the day of judgment just yet So because of these words, I believe that these watchers are still here bound and that the spirit of the um, giants are still here roaming. That is what I believe based on these words. Okay. Let their flesh be without judgment or their flesh shall be destroyed before the king, uh, before the judgment. That's the footnote. And now to the watchers who have sent you to pray for them who in the beginning were in heaven Say, in heaven have you been, secret things, however, have not been manifested to you, yet have you known a reprobated mystery. And this you have related to women in the hardness of your heart, and by that mystery have women and mankind multiplied evils upon the earth. Say to them, never, therefore, shall you obtain peace. Chapter 17. They raised me up into a certain place where there was the appearance of a burning fire. This is Enoch talking now. And when they pleased, when when they pleased, they assumed the likeness of men. They carried me to a lofty spot, to a mountain, the top of which reached to heaven. And I beheld the receptacles of light and of thunder at the extremities of the place where it was deepest. There was a bow of fire and arrows in their quiver a sword of fire in every species of lightning then they elevated me to a babbling stream and to a fire in the west which received all the setting of the sun again here is another verse that tells us the sun sets not traverses or rotates so again that's all i'm gonna say all these people who believe in this globe this earth globe third the sun is not spinning it sets so anyway (sighs) i came to a river of fire which flowed like water and emptied itself into the great sea westwards to a babbling stream literally to water of life which spoke so when they say a babbling stream um the footnote here saying that it means a water of life which spoke that's deep I never really thought that when they say babbling stream that they're saying that the water is speaking. I mean when I tell my niece she's babbling, it means she just she's just like she's speaking too much. So may oh is that is really is that deep to you? Cause that's deep to me. Like a babbling stream is just talking. Maybe we can't understand its words, but when you go past a loud river or something and it's just babbling. And it's that it's speaking in its own language. Don't think I'm crazy because this is what the book says, okay? I saw every large river until I arrived at the great darkness. I went to where all flesh migrate and I beheld the mountains of the gloom, which constitutes winter and the place from which issues the water of every abyss. I saw also the mouths of all the rivers in the world and the mouths of the deep. Chapter 18. I then surveyed the receptacles of all the winds, perceiving that they contributed to adorn the whole creation and to preserve the foundation of the earth. I surveyed the stone which supports the corners of the earth. Now, let's go back. I surveyed the stone which supports the corners of the earth how can he talk about the corners of the earth if the earth is spherical? I'm sorry. I just, it's really confirming to me like I wasn't a flat earther. Like to me, flat, it sounds crazy to be a flat earther. I am a firmament believer and I just don't believe the firmament can or should or even would surround a spherical object like that it doesn't even make sense to me so that is why I don't believe that the earth is round and I'm again I'm not necessarily saying the earth is flat either I don't know what shape it is I just don't believe it's round I also beheld the four winds which four winds which bear up the earth in the firmament of heaven Uh uh-uh Okay, and I beheld the winds occupying the exalted sky arising in the midst of heaven and of earth, and constituting the pillars of heaven. I saw the winds which turn the sky, which caused the orb of the sun and of all the stars to set and over the earth. I saw the winds which support the clouds. I saw the path of the angels. I perceived at the extremity of the earth the firmament of heaven above it. Then I passed on towards the south, where burnt both by day and night six mountains formed of glorious stones, three towards the east and three towards the south. Those which were towards the east were of a variegated stone, one of which was of margarite and another of antimony. Those towards the south were of red stone. The middle one reached to heaven like the throne of God, a throne. Uh, composed of alabaster the top of which was of sapphire I saw too a blazing fire hanging over all the mountains now I also want to point out that with his description of him going around the world which is they're taking him around the world and when you say around the world around The word around kind of means in a circle, but he doesn't say around. He says from north, south, east, and west. When you look at north, south, east, and west, it is in a square, right? So I'm just, let me stop beating this, this horse to death. I just want you guys to see that the things that we have been taught our entire lives are contra to god because they are trying to show us that god does not exist which is why they came up with the anti-creation story the big bang theory so because of that this, this is why i'm trying to show you that if you are a believer in god and believer in his word then you cannot believe in a spherical earth there is just no way there's no way possible because the way even the way the, the um, creation is described in Genesis there is no way you could believe that the earth is spherical based on that description alone so it always boggles my mind when I hear so many Christians and you know they talk about the earth and things like that and you, how could you believe that the earth is round and spherical as a Christian when Genesis doesn't does a lot to show you that the earth is it's not spherical like just the the separation of the waters and the dividing of um the water above the firmament like all of these things you cannot tell me the way that they and even nasa themselves the way that they can't take a picture of earth according to them and they only give you images of what they have collated themselves of Different parts of Earth. Can they give you a picture of Earth? Probably, but it will not satisfy the um, theory that they want you to believe that the Earth is round. But if you look up old CIA documents, you will see that they even show you that the Earth is flat in their documents. There are plenty of documents that show from the CIA that the Earth is flat. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to try not to. Heart, harp on that because even though I say I'm not necessarily a flat earther I believe more in a flat earth theory than I ever would a spherical earth theory I'm more so a firmament believer than anything else okay so and there I saw a place on the other side of an extended territory where waters were collected I likewise beheld terrestrial terrestrial fountains deep in the fiery columns of heaven and in the columns of heaven I beheld fires which descended without number, but neither on high nor into the deep. Over these fountains also I perceived a place which had neither the firmament of heaven above it nor the solid ground underneath it. Neither was there water above it nor anything on wing, but the spot, but the spot was desolate. And there I beheld seven stars like great blazing mountains and like spirits entreating me. Then the angel said, this place under the consummation of heaven and earth will be the prison of the stars and the host of heaven. So this place that Enoch just described that did not have a firmament and did not have a bottom is like, he kind of described it as an abyss, like a pit. It is the, he said, this is the place until the consummation of heaven and earth will be the prison of the stars and the host of heaven. And again, I believe the consummation that he speaks of is judgment day when heaven and earth will get together. So the stars which roll over fire are those which transgress the commandment of God before their time arrived. For they came not in their proper season. Therefore, was he offended with them and bound them until the period of the consummation of their crimes in the secret year. So what I'm getting from this, this is that everything in heaven has a time, a set time and an end time. And not necessarily end time as in death, but um, for instance, the luminaries, which is the sun, stars and moons, they have the time when they are supposed to traverse when they're supposed to rise and when they're supposed to set. And so based on this, God was offended that these stars did not abide by their set times. And they have been thrown into the pit. That's deep. Because it says that, say the stars which roll over fire are those which transgress the commandment of God before their time arrived, for they came not in their proper season. So before their time arrived, I believe means maybe before um, they were done with their portion or because I, I don't know if they die. So I would say, before, you know, when they're done, like this is you clock out at this time. You know what I mean? And so it says for they came not in their proper season, which I am interpreting. And again, man, the Bible is subject to man's own interpretation. So my interpretation of this, for they came not in their proper season, is they did not rise and set the way that the Lord told them to. So if you were supposed to rise at 8 p.m. and instead you were somewhere traversing and came at 10 every night, you offended God because he told you what to do. So this is what happened to them. Wow. Okay, therefore was he offended with them and bound them unto the period of the consummation of their crimes in the secret year. Chapter 19, then Uriel said, Here the angels who cohabited with women appointed their leaders, and being numerous in appearance, made men profane and caused them to err, so that they sacrificed devils as to gods. For in the great day there shall be a judgment which with which they shall be judged until they are consumed. And their wives also shall be judged who led astray the angels of heaven that they might salute them. Wow. Okay, so the footnote here says being numerous in appearance basically means assuming many forms. So, hmm. Okay, so let's go back to that part. And it says, chapter 19, verse 2, and being numerous in a. In appearance, made men profane and caused them to err, so that they sacrificed the devils as to gods. So, assuming many forms, they assumed the form of gods, so that these they tricked the men to profane against the God of heaven, to sacrifice to them, and he called them devils, as if they were sacrificing to God. That's deep. Okay, and I, Enoch, alone saw the likeness of the end of all things. Nor did any human being see it as I saw it. Chapter 20. These are the names of the angels who watch. Uriel, one of the holy angels who presides over clamor and terror. Raphael, one of the holy angels who presides over the spirits of men. Ragiel, one of the holy angels who inflicts punishment on the world and the luminaries. Michael, one of the holy angels who presiding over human virtue commands the nations Sarah one of the holy angels who presides over the spears of the children of men that transgress wow Gabriel one of the holy angels who presides over Icassat, over paradise and over the cherubim Icasat is the serpent this is what the foothold says the footnote says okay so If you're a Christian, you've definitely heard some of these these, um, angel names before, like Gabriel, Raphael, and uh, Michael. So you may have heard others. Those are the three that came to mind for me. Okay, chapter 21. Then I made a circuit to a place in which nothing was completed. And there I beheld neither the tremendous workmanship of an exalted heaven nor of an established earth, but a desolate spot prepared and terrific. There too I beheld seven stars of heaven bound in it together like great mountains and like a blazing fire. I exclaimed, for what species of crime have they been bound and why have they been removed to this place? Then Uriel, one of the holy angels who was with me and who conducted me, answered, Enoch, wherefore do you ask? Wherefore do you reason with yourself and anxiously inquire? Basically, why are you minding the business that is not paying you? That is literally what this says to me. These are those of the stars which have transgressed the commandment of the most high God and are here bound unto the infinite number of the days of their crimes be completed. From there, I afterwards passed on to another terrific place where I beheld the operation of a great bla- fire blazing and glittering in the midst of which there was a division. Columns of fire struggled together to end to the end of the abyss and deep was their descent but neither its measurement nor magnitude was I able to discover neither could I perceive its origin then I exclaimed how terrible is this place and how difficult to explore Uriel one of the holy angels who was with me answered and said Enoch why are you alarmed and amazed at this terrific place at the site of this place of suffering This, he said, is the prison of the angels, and there they are kept forever. So, pause. Pause. We are learning in this book that there is a prison for angels, guys. Wow. Okay. Chapter 22. For there I proceeded to to another spot. Where I saw in the west a great and lofty mountain, a strong rock, and four delightful places. Internally, it was deep, capacious, and very smooth, as smooth as if it had been rolled over. It was both deep and dark to behold. Then Raphael, one of the holy angels who were with me, answered and said, "'These are the delightful places where the spirits, the souls of the dead, will be collected for them.'" Where they formed, and here will be collected all the sons, all the souls of the sons of men. So let's go back. It says, it's, "It was both deep and dark to behold." And it says, "These are the delightful places where the spirits, the souls of the dead, will be collected." So when your, when we die, and when. Those of our loved ones who died in the Lord go, you know, just die and their souls go back to God. The Bible says the souls go back to God who gave it. This is where they are. They are in a place all of their own, just chilling. And those are the ones who who are, I want to say, are the righteous who die in the Lord. They are, go to a delightful place. And I never thought past the scripture, and I want to say it's in Ecclesiastes, um, that when, when we die, the spirit goes back to the God who gave it. I never thought past it just going back to God. I didn't think it was just, you know, out somewhere chilling and like they're just, you know, in a delightful place right now. So my mom is up there chilling with my grandmother. I wonder if they know each other. Like, that's a deep point, right? Like, a lot of people believe that when they die, you know, when they die, you go to heaven. I never believed that. I just assumed that the spirit went back to God, which I guess is the same thing. Um, It just, I never believed that the the spirit was just like, you know, hey, I'm in heaven. (laughs) I just never thought of something like that. But now I am definitely believing that my mom is not just, you know, in a box somewhere chilling until the day of consummation. That's deep, okay. That actually makes me feel better. That does. Because my mom died in 1984. So I would like to to know that she's somewhere and her spirit is, you know, being delighted. I would love to know that. And and, and likewise, with my grandmother who died... Twenty years later in 2004 I would like to know because she gave a lot to people on earth so I would like to know that she is up there and she's chilling and being delighted I would love to I would love to, to know that that is what's happening that that warms me okay it says these places in which they dwell shall they occupy until the day of judgment until their appointed period their appointed period will be long, even unto the great judgment. And I saw the spirits of the sons of men who were dead, and their voices reached to heaven, while they were accusing. Then I inquired of Raphael, an angel who was with me, and said, Whose spirit is that, the voice of which reaches to heaven and accuses? He answered and saying, Now listen to this. This is the spirit of Abel, who was slain by Cain, his brother. And who will accuse that brother until his seed be destroyed from the face of the earth. So if you guys go back in in Genesis. And remember that Cain and Abel were were the first sons born to Adam and Eve. And Cain became the first murderer on earth. And he was jealous of his brother Abel. And so um, the story goes that. Um, when they were sacrificing to God, Abel's sacrifice pleased God and it was consumed by God. Cain's was not because Cain didn't did not obey. God had a specific way to sacrifice. And Abel was obedient. Cain said, I'm gonna bring you what I wanna bring you and and God did not Did not find pleasure in Cain's sacrifice. So he did not consume it. And he left that sacrifice sitting there. So Cain was jealous of Abel. And the Bible said. And he slew him. And this was. So this is letting us know. That at this time. And just think about this time. um, Enoch was the father of Methuselah. Methuselah is the oldest man. Whoever lived, but Enoch is what I want to say is he the grandson or great great grandson of Adam? So, this is his line through Seth. This is his line through Seth. So, Abel, Cain, and Abel, and Seth are the sons of Adam. So, Abel is gone, Cain has his own line, and then Seth is the one that came, you know, is Seth, Enoch, Methuselah, Noah. All of these were in the line of Adam through Seth. So Enoch is one of Seth's great grandkids or grandkids. I don't know if it's Adam, Seth, Enoch. I don't know if Enoch was Seth's son or Lamech. No, Lamech is Enoch's son because Lamech is the father of Noah yeah so I think that Enoch is Seth's son I think that's how it goes hold on let me check okay yeah so he Seth was a great grandparent because Enoch's father was Jared it's so when I was looking it up I didn't (laughs) I just went and googled real quick girl not girl sorry I'm thinking I'm talking to somebody well I am but you know what I'm saying um they were saying that Enoch the name Enoch Cain had a son named Enoch and they were trying to say that Enoch was the son of Cain which of course he's not he's in Seth's bloodline so he I want to say it's Seth Jared Enoch so Seth is like the grandparent or the great Adam is the great grandparent I believe and Seth is the grandparent of Enoch okay so I just wanted to say that I don't even know why I had to go through all that (coughs) (laughs) oh we were talking about why abel was um crying out you know as far as you know to kind of get rid of all of cain's descendants off of the earth okay now that i've deviated far from what we said okay it says that he answers saying this is the spirit of abel who was slain by cain his brother and who will accuse that brother until his seed be destroyed from the face of the earth, until his seed perish from the seed of the human race. At that time, therefore, I inquired, respecting him and respecting the general judgment, saying, Why is one separated from another? He answered, Three separations have been made between the spirits of the dead, and thus have the spirits of the righteous been separated, namely, by a chasm, by water, and by light above it. And in the same way, likewise, are sinners separated when they die and are buried in the earth, judgment not overtaking them in their lifetime. Here their souls are separated. Moreover, abundant is their suffering until the time of the great judgment, the castigation and the torment of those who eternally execrate, whose souls are punished and bound there forever. Wow, guys. So basically he's saying that there is a separation when you die of the souls. Not all souls go to heaven, which we all believed. And the souls don't go to hell either. They go to their own special place where they are tormented forever. He does not call that hell. And they're, no, he said they're tormented Moreover, abundant is their suffering until the time of the great judgment. So they're tormented while they wait for judgment, and then they'll be tormented after judgment. It says the castigation and the torment of those who eternally execrate, whose souls are punished and bound there forever. So the way that I am taking it is that some souls, I don't think at this point would they be forgiven. I don't. I think after by the time the day of judgment and because once you die, you're done. You missed your opportunity. So you are going to be judged. And I think some people may be consumed and some will be bound forever to be tormented. And I'm saying that based on this. It says whose souls are punished and bound there forever. So it doesn't say all, it says whose meanings, but there are specific people whose souls will be bound and they will be tormented or punished forever. Wow. And thus has it been from the beginning of the world. And, you know, I want to say this, that a lot of times we want to believe that the people who commit the most heinous acts will be the ones who are tormented forever but i tend to agree that to believe that those who know the truth and do it not those will be the ones who will be tormented because you knew better you knew the truth and you decided to go your own way i think those are the ones who are going to be tormented that's how i believe just based on how he how god did the watchers remember the watchers knew he said you guys were born here you were holy you were eternal. You were here. You were born spiritual. You knew the truth. And you decided to do this anyway. And that's why they were, they're going to be tormented forever. And I believe that people who deviate and know the truth and doeth it not. Even the Bible says those who know the truth and doeth it not to them, that to them it is sin. So I believe those people who know the truth and decide to go their own way and die in that sin, those people will be punished forever. That's what I believe. I that's just my own opinion. It doesn't have to be anybody else's. And again, I'm not discounting the the Jeffrey Dahmer's of the world, you know, all the serial killers. I'm not discounting them. I'm sure I I don't know if they'll be there cuz I this is not my heaven or hell. So I don't know. You know, I remember when you know the story of Jesus dying on the cross, and when the the um, criminal next to him said, "Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom," and Jesus told him right then, "This day you will be with me in paradise." That man's soul is saved. So I cannot speak for anyone. You know, the Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. So I can't. You can't discount the fact that there will be, you know, Jeffrey Dahmers in heaven or saved, you know, because you don't know the last moments of these men's lives. And if they gave their life to Christ, you don't know. So I don't know how that works. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Remember, this is all theory and conjecture from me because this is just my opinion. Okay, verse 13. And thus has it been from the beginning of the world. Thus has there existed a separation between the souls of those who utter complaints and of those who watch for their destruction to slaughter them in the day of sinners. A receptacle of this sort has been formed for the souls of unrighteous men and of sinners and of those who have completed crime and associated with impious whom they resemble. And again, the impious were the, um, the giants. Their souls shall not be annihilated in the day of judgment. Neither they shall they arise from this place. Then I bless God and said, blessed by my Lord, the Lord of glory and of righteousness, who reigns over all forever and forever. So I'm going to stop here. We'll resume chapter 23 in our next episode. I hope you guys are loving this reading because I my eyes are just like wow like I am truly like enamored enthralled and all these other words I am just like it's like a story and and this is why I want people to read the bible because it's it's I know it's a lot of times filled with words that you can't understand and because of the way you know things were written back then when The Bible was translated in even before, if you get your hands on other translations and things like that. But I just feel like if you read it as a story, as a book, then you will get, you know what I mean? You will get the word. So when I read, I read it as a story. Like if you go back and read some of and listen to some of the um, readings I did on First Sam, like I did First Samuel and Second Samuel. On um, what was the name of the, that series? I've, re- I've had, I have had so many episodes. Um, the weekly devotional, the weekly devotional. Those were on First and Second Samuel, and I never read them before because it was so many thuses and thous and you know, so much language. But when I read it as a story, it just kind of opened my mind and it really made me love David more. Reading it on the podcast. So, if you have time, go back and read your daily devotional series. And because it's all about 1st and 2nd Samuel, it's all about David going from being the seventh son to king. So, definitely, and everything that happened in between there and why he was called a man of God's own heart. So, if you want to read more about David, go back and read this and listen to that series and um so just you know take time and read the bible but read it as a story and and the way I say that is because sometimes when you are when we're raised in the church we see it as a, a burden but I am a reader so I'll pick up any other book and read it but the bible had had become a burden because it was the church made it a burden let's be clear for me it did that's just again that's my opinion. So now when I read, I just read it as a story. I read it as a story with this magnificent God who created us. That is how I read it. So I charge you guys to, you know, get in touch, read about the Bible, learn about Jesus, learn about God. And, um, you know, this time is winding up. This earth is not in in its form right now. It's not eternal. It is not. The signs and wonders are everywhere, guys. So I'm just going to make this entreaty to you guys. Make your calling and election sure. You know, if you know to do right, do right. Be thankful to God. Bless his name. And just, you know, I hope to see you by the tree of life. Don't forget to count your blessings every day, guys. God loves gratitude, so make sure that every day you are grateful in heart, mind, and soul to your creator. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza Christina, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and give it five stars. If you have not already, get your copy of my book, 21 Days of Thankfulness, available now on Amazon.